Hi everybody, Dorian here. This week, Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is taking a break for Thanksgiving. We are excited to share with you one of our past episodes. This one from Season 1, Ryan Kanapi. We thought it fitting to bring back his episode this week, where Ryan discusses the lineage of his family and cattle ranching. We'll be back soon with brand new episodes, but first, Jake and I would like to take a moment to thank all of our sponsors this year and wish every one of our listeners a very happy Thanksgiving. Now, here's our interview with Ryan Kanapi of Kanapi Beef. A big driver for us is just being all natural. I mean, the cows are, are raised on our place. My dad being a vet, you know, knows nutrition and everything else along that. Welcome to Creating Community, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and others together to better our community. I'm your host, Jake Starkey. And I'm Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. You can use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or whatever you get your podcast from. In this episode of Creating Community, we're speaking with Ryan Knoppe. Ryan's family has been active in the Alvin community since he was a child, and he's now in real estate and the co-owner of Kanapi Beef, a grass-fed cattle company in Alvin. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming out today. Yeah. So can you give us a little bit of history of your family and stuff? I know that, again, they've been pretty active in the community since you were a kid. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my grandparents have, you know, originally from Alvin as well, they moved here. And then, uh, you know, he had a dairy farm, and then uh, they had uh, six kids that they raised up there on the dairy farm also. And then my dad, whenever I was a kid, you know, he, we moved back from Nacogdoches when I was like two, and so pretty much been in Alvin forever. Oh, wow. I and, didn't know you lived in Nacogdoches. Yeah, I was born there. So, uh, but yeah, then moved back here, and my dad started a veterinarian clinic right there on the same property where my uh, grandfather's dairy farm was. And then my grandfather actually started a feed store, you know, on the back end of my dad's vet clinic. And so we all kind of grew up. It was my house, then, you know, my dad's clinic and my grandfather's uh, feed store, and then my grandparents' house. So kind of right there on the dead end of County Road 185. So what what made y'all move back? You Uh, you know, my dad, they just said he just woke up one morning and was like, it's time to move back home. And... (laughs) So they did. They they had nothing. And, uh, you know, he was working for actually some really good mentors now, the Ward family up there. Um, they were doing dogs and cats and, you know, some large animal, but he preferred to do large animal and honestly just moved back home. So That's cool. And your, your family has kind of always been in animal industry of some sort. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is a big reason why we moved back too, but we can get into that yeah. here later on. So one of the things I've known about your family is that hard work is kind of ingrained into your family. Where do you think that comes from? Because clearly that's not in everybody's DNA. Not this day and age anyway. Well, honestly, I think it's growing up out there at the ranch and just honestly waking up and coming home from school and knowing there's always a chore to be done. or And it's actually watching your dad and your mom run a clinic and then my grandparents run a feed store. And, you know, me as a kid, I don't realize the hard work 
that that takes in, you know, every day, you know, seven days a week for my dad and waking up in the middle of the night to pull a calf at 3 a.m. seems cool when you're, you know, 11. <laughs> but that wears on you the older you get, so I'm finding out. Not so cool when you're 18, 19, e- 20, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So, well, well, tell us a little bit about, and we've heard a little bit about how you got from Nacogdoches just to here, but tell us a little bit about your work history. You have, like, entrepreneur mindset. You were in a bank, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, essentially graduated Alvin High School in 2000, then went to A&M, then went, you know, we moved into Houston. My wife and I got married right after college and uh, moved into the Heights for five years and then moved to Bel Air for 10 years. And we did... I was always doing oil and gas banking for that past 15 years. And then, but on the side, I was doing other stuff. Like we owned a CrossFit gym, did some real estate stuff with some buddies from college that we still do. Um, and so just kind of staying busy for sure. Um, and then the, you know, oil and gas hit 2020 and it was just kind of the stress, sure. stress hit and yeah. time to, time to make some real life choices and say some prayers. And that's how we got back here. Yeah. And so kind of, I know you've had, um, cannot be beef for a while, but one of the things that has struck me that is that you've kind of wanted to, I've talked to you the past couple of years, you've been interested in kind of going all in on it and kind of being, not the face, but fully going, fully 100% in. And uh, and then I remember talking to you one day and you said, hey, I'm moving back and I'm, we're going to go. Yeah. Walk us through how that kind of happened. Obviously, COVID is part of the instigation, but you know, how did that kind of go? And what was the conversation like with your wife? Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm married <laughs> yeah. to Saint. Um, you know, it, it started. So 2015 is when we actually started Canopy Beef, uh, you know, but I'm a fit, you know, I bought some cattle from my grandfather even before then, you know, like 2011, 12. And that technically put me as a fit generation a cattle rancher uh, in the family. But, you know, it was only like five head at the time, but. Uh, you know, 2015 really got serious with my parents wanting to kind of take it to the next level. Um, and really, you know, just living in the city, you know, kind of thinking about my kids and the family and how you want to raise them. And, uh, you know, really brought me back to that and really trying to build a business that you could not really have a job, but more of a lifestyle, uh, you know, with that supports the community, it's local and your kids can kind of grow up around that kind of work ethic that, that we did. Yeah. So were you, do you think you were trying to sow some of your oats, so to speak, before you went into canopy beef? Because you said your grandfather was a dairy farmer for years and years. Your dad was a veterinarian. Obviously, that's a job that once you start, you're there long term. So what made you bounce around? You know, it, I think it was a lot to do with, you know, subconsciously, just knowing where you want to be and then knowing what kind of product you want to provide for folks and then, you uh, it was so in the oats, like you said, to, you know, build something bigger than yourself and really have your family involved in it. And that was a way that, that I found without being a veterinarian or a dairyman to actually get involved with, you know, the cattle industry um, and surround yourself with those people as well. So, well, with the, the pandemic and I think people are reevaluating a lot of how they, eat what they do i mean everything this this year has been a year to forget but um it just seems like it's been i don't want to say a good opportunity but a good opportunity to kind of reset i feel like a lot of the world in 2020 is resetting yeah and and to be honest with you in 2015 when i just kind of bounced the idea off my dad and 
you know, my wife, obviously, and, and my mom's part of it, too. And uh, I was just at a barbecue in Bel Air, and this one guy, and, and I love Bel Air. I love those people in the neighborhood. Uh, he was just bragging about how much he spent on this grass-fed beef, and my eyes just got bigger and bigger, and I was like, oh, my God, you spent what? And I'm like, I have a freezer full of that stuff at the house. So, you know, I called my dad, and I was like, you'll never guess what, you know, what they're buying it for. We could sell it for cheaper, and, I, you know, and obviously that grass-fed beef wasn't even from the USA. So uh, I was like, look, we have it in our backyard. It's local. People know where it comes, you know, they know where it comes from. Yeah. I was like, so let's just take a stab at this, and, and let, let's see what happens. Yeah, so, and I probably should talk a little bit about the fact that besides being a veterinarian, your dad's also very involved and you were very involved in things like the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, the Troy County Fair. Y'all are a family that gives back and kind of does more than just what is the baseline, for lack of a better term. Sure. And I think, you know, and I think that was part of growing up too uh, here in Alvin, just watching my folks be involved in everything. I mean, I remember Christmas of old and a lot of other other old, uh, you know, community events that they were just really involved with. And, you know, they still are to some extent with, with some things and uh, along with rodeo. And so it's always just been ingrained. In, and I know my brother and I, as far as just staying involved and helping out where we can, just not going to work and calling it a day. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. And when we get back, we dive into a little bit more about what makes Kanabi beef different than Hey, we want to take a quick moment and tell you a little bit about 1820 Marketing, the producers of this podcast. We believe that when businesses have quality marketing, it gives business owners the freedom to focus on what they do best. We design websites, produce videos, and create marketing materials that help our clients grow their business. Find out more at 1820marketing.com. It's something different. Now, back to the show. So you had the idea to start Canopy Beef in 2015. And then y'all had cattle at the house. I mean, it kind of seems, it seems like a no-brainer in hindsight, but yet there's also a lot of work. It's not just as simple as, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start selling cattle or selling beef, and it's going to be great. It's going to be easy. Like, what, what are some of the hurdles that you kind of ran into out of the gate? Well, first off is having enough product to begin with. So that first year, 2015, when we bought uh, our, our other herd, I guess you should say, just more cattle for the program. You know, it takes time to grow them appropriately to get them to a certain size to where you can actually, you know, process them. So we had a giant wait list right off the bat, which was a blessing. But then after you wait, you know, 12 months, people's, you know, like freezer situations changes, you know, oh, I went deer hunting and now the freezer's full or, you know, things like that happen. And really finding a processor that is consistent and, you know, good quality that you can go to. Yeah. And I think, I mean, everyone hears about non-hormone stuff, but to me, the a lot of people argue you don't know what's actually in those chemicals that are going into the cattle that then get into you when you eat it. Sure. I mean, a big driver for us is just being all natural. I mean, the cows are, are raised on our place. My dad being a vet, you know. That doesn't hurt. Knows nutrition and everything else along that on those lines. But, you know, the more you can just, you know, you keep them straight on our ranch and they go straight from here to the processor um, versus, you know, the multiple steps going from, you know, the range from a cow-calf operation to an auction barn to a feedlot to, you know, warehousing, stockyards. I mean, there's multiple steps involved in the process. So, you know, then kind of get lost along the way, um, which is what I think is a big push now where people want to know where their food comes from and what's in it. So, Absolutely. Uh, but, 
in the wake of like we've been talking about 2020 have you seen a lot of influx of people that are looking for what you have to offer versus people going to the local supermarkets we have a, a lot actually so i mean as of now you know i think january is when we'll have our next you know processing dates available but uh you know in march i know houston was sold out of deep freezers just because everybody was stocking up you know, crazily. We were, we were in the process of trying to purchase freezers at that point. So we know <laughs> uh, just how difficult it was to, to do so. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's, it, it's picked up. I mean, it, as far as, uh, you know, people want to support local and really mm-hmm. know where the ranch, you know, know the rancher, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Do you think this is a little bit like there was a uh, toilet paper shortage? Everybody was buying up as many rolls of toilet paper as they could. Do you, do you find that some of your customers or a lot of your customers are trying to do the same thing where they're stocking up in case it's Armageddon or whatever they might be fearful of? You know, I think a lot of them just the majority that got them off the fence of, oh, you know, I think it'd be great to support local versus actually pulling the trigger and buying from us was just, you know, there's a sense of them actually knowing us and supporting the community and not necessarily the the toilet paper holders (laughs) um, or, hoarders or whatever but uh i guess it works either way sure but uh it, a lot of them have uh, you know a lot of our customers are repeat customers now at this point in time nice. and so which is great i mean you know they get an eighth or a quarter but um you know you're not buying a whole cow at a time and people that want to do that and like in houston you know some of these folks i know where they live in like an apartment and they're like we want a whole cow and i'm like mm, i don't know where you're gonna put that so, right. yeah. you know, you, there's a lot of education as far as, you know, buying meat from this avenue as well. So so how do you go about educating the general public about what you do and how it's different than the supermarket? I mean, a lot of it's done, you know, online through social media and just through word of mouth and, you know, uh, podcasts like this, speaking with you guys. But, uh, it, you know, the big difference is just, you know, your traditional way of buying it. Most people don't know how you know, what they need and like what cuts am I getting? And, you know, you kind of go down that road. So you're just yeah. educating them from, from that standpoint and how and big of a freezer you need and things like that. That was one of the things I noticed on your website was here's how, yeah. How much do you need? How much space do you need for this and for that? And, and that's good because like you said, you care enough to at least have the conversation, right? You could be someone in an apartment could say, you know what? I want a whole cow. And you go, yeah, sure. Your problem. I'll, I'll sell it to you. But yeah. By the way, I have freezers over here for sale too. <laughs> exactly, and that's yeah. a short-term win, but a long-term loss. They're gonna, the meat's gonna go bad. They're not gonna yeah. to do with it, and so doing the education up front really, to me, has potential to build you long-term customers, not one-off. That's right, and that's kind of the the background of the company too, and you know, just having that honesty and loyalty to your customer first. That you know, let them know what they're getting, exactly how much and where it's come from and making sure you're raising the animal right and yeah. doing your due diligence up front. Yeah. So, Yeah, I think that the non-hormone and, and all the stuff that goes in, I noticed also you kind of talk about it on your website, but a lot of different things about the importance of non, non-hormone um, health benefits. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we don't do, or you know, we don't use antibiotics on, on anything. Say if you have a, and a lot of things people don't know about is, you know, if you have the wild hogs out and say one of the cows gets gored by a hog, you know, of course we're going to give it antibiotics and take care of it like you would, you know, your child. But then we just pull it out of the program 
for the actual beef program. Oh wow! So gotcha. So that that way, when you say it's no antibiotics, it really does. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Good to have a uh, father as a veterinarian as a personal consultant, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as the head vet for the rodeo is. You know, yeah, it, oh, it, it works well for marketing too. Oh but. yeah, well, I, I think it does help because <laughs> there's probably people that could that we know that have cattle that, whether for show or whatever, but well, they're not going to be able to take care of it. You know, yeah, and I, th- and I think the biggest thing with you know my dad being a vet on top of is is you know, kind of the bigger pipe dream was helping these smaller ranchers, these mom and pop shops, because the more, majority of your cattle comes from small ranches that are 100 head and less. They just get aggregated into this larger system. So, um, you know, it, at the bottom, the rancher really doesn't make very much money, to, to be honest. So if you could help these mom and pop shops, like if we could go out and help aggregate their cattle, kind of do a, a co-op, like we would go pick up their their cows and then we would take them to the processor. But uh, so you have eyes on them the whole time. But having that, my dad is a vet that actually knows these clients have been coming to him for years. For he can years. actually trust what they do and that they're on the right program that they should be doing. True, so, yeah. And that would be the, the bigger goal is to expand into other local ranches too and help them, you know, do their marketing. I know my dad will probably listen to this, but, you know, he doesn't want to be online and entering emails and doing of stuff like not. that, right? <laughs> right. <So. laughs> Absolutely. Although I could just imagine what your dad's emails would be like. They, they would be entertaining. They would be very entertaining. For sure, yeah. You should get them on this one day, too. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned that it's local and that hopefully you can get into other local markets. So how big is your local market? Like, how far do you stretch? What kind of? Sure. I mean, we have... You know, shipping beef is kind of the next big, I guess, hurdle for us. So right now it's just, you know, Houston, greater Houston area is the prime spot. We've shipped it to San Antonio before. Uh, My mother-in-law is in Lubbock, so we attempted shipping there. So, you know, we're just kind of examining different ways to... So do you have a local driver that takes it and delivers personally, or are you trying to... I think we're talking to him. Uh, yeah. yeah, me and then uh, Mackenzie, my wife, is uh, she's an excellent beef deliverer. Personal deliverer. <laughs> uh, yeah, your job title is runner on the website. The company, so <laughs> right. on the yeah. website. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Exactly. Which, to, to be honest, delivering here in Alvin, um, you know, you actually get to go to these folks' homes and reconnect right. with them and see where they're at. And, you know, it gives you more time to personally talk to them as well yeah so well you know you've mentioned personal a couple times and i think that's what i noticed about your website that stands out to me so if you go to the about us page and it goes down and talks about everybody that's in the company everybody has little nicknames and i'm assuming this is nicknames you call each other but it's out there for everybody right so it's truly a small family knit organization and you guys are trying to keep it local for sure for sure yeah yeah it's definitely all all family and you know all the kids it's you know after baseball practice or whatever Saturday, it's like, okay, let's go sort some beef and then load it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, then also Gary's on there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. How but, long has he been? I mean, I, I knew of him <clears throat> 20 years ago, but yeah. So Gary Batson is a, a great Mr. family Batson. friend. Mr. Well, yeah, it's yeah. Mr. Batson. It's I was going to say the full name for this uh, podcast. Right. So it's recorded, but yeah, no, uh, Gary's been with actually my grandfather. He started working with him at the feed store. And wow. so then he started work with my dad and uh, just been a good lifelong business partner there. So, and he helps a lot, you know, working the cattle and he's, you know, uh, very educated from the cattle front as well. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, 
we would I would see him occasionally when we would be out there and I'd go, man, he's always going, just he's moving, always doing moving, something. Moving. Yeah, he's you know everyone's busy out there. It's a farm. I, oh yeah, but he's going. Oh yeah, I built a treehouse for the kids last weekend, and well, I started to. I was staring at the tree, and then Gary and my dad show up, and then it turned into a really, and really now nice. It's done. Now it's done. <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah, overthinking yeah. it a little. Um, well, do you have anything big on the horizons that you're looking at now that you're willing to share or want to? Yeah, I mean, you know, now that doing this full time and really wanting to to ramp it up. I mean, our issue now is just having consistency with the product. So, you know, what we're, what our goal is, is to really, uh, you know, really be consistent throughout the year as far as being able to supply to all the consumers and all of our clients and then also be able to ship as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of folks outside of the greater Houston area that, that hit us up, but um, so it'd be good to be able to get that to them as well. Unless they're in Lubbock, they can't get it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 I got you. So right now you're kind of doing home delivery. You're going, delivering to, are you interested in getting into Whole Foods and places like that, or are you not quite to scale to get there yet? Well, that's something that you would, not quite to scale yet, but I mean, if and that's something that, that we're looking at doing too. And when you partner with these other smaller ranchers, you can aggregate, you know, your your cattle and then be able to have a larger quantity to, say, sell hamburger meat to H-E-B. Gotcha, yeah. So, yeah. And that, that does seem like that would be. It would, it, it honestly would be easier to do that. Just, okay, take all our cows and go to HEB. But then you kind of, you do lose that community feel directly to consumer, which is really what we want to focus on. And, uh, you know, and, you know, speaking with people, they don't, you know, a lot of folks that want a whole cow or a half a cow, but you got to keep it, you know, like the subscription services that came out and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, so how do you address those people that don't want to buy an entire half a cattle or whatever like what's the smallest portion somebody can purchase from you oh uh, we've had people just buy one pound of hamburger before so oh. and will you drive it to my not house? that i'm driving it <laughs> all the way across town <laughs> and put that with a bunch of other little deliveries and it gets out there but yeah well you yeah, know we uh you you mentioned that the one thing you're focusing on is consistency and i'll, I'll note I know that Jake and I, that's something we've struggled with. I've talked to other business owners. That's something they struggle with. How do you really kind of pin that in to be exactly where you want it to be? Obviously, it's a family-run organization. You either have everybody gets along or everybody fights. It sounds like your family all gets along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, consistency from a relationship standpoint, you know, you have to be very open and honest up front. I mean, uh, especially with your family, right? And then, you know, we had people back my – senior year in college we had three you know two other buddies and their wives all six of us partnered together and we started flipping homes and everybody's like don't do business with friends but you know we we put it up front we're very open and honest and you know as long as you you have that groundwork i think you know that it'll be fine so everybody kind of has you know their own little roles that you do and yeah Yeah. you you stick to that that part for sure yeah yeah so if someone wanted to get Canopy Beef, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can go through our website, canopybeef.com. That's uh, K-N-A-E. Nope. K-N-A-P-E. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other big long-term goal is that people can pronounce our name. Oh, my God. I've known you for 25 years. <laughs> right. I just screwed up the name. Yeah. It's K-N-A-P-E beef.com. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, you can look us up through Facebook and Instagram as well. 
send messages through that if that's easier for you. Yeah. And one of the neat thing about, um, I see it on your Instagram a lot, is you can see it the behind the scenes almost. You get to see your family out there, not just your mom and dad, but also your wife and your kids running around and kind of doing the job. They're working cattle and they're kind of experiencing the farm life that goes into the final product. Yeah, and I mean, that's that, that's reality. So there's no... Yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of sugarcoating it, but they... Uh, you know, one thing, like my grandfather always said, was just if you hold on to a calf's tail, pull you through anything. And, you know, I see my kids out there holding on to them, and I saw myself doing it as a kid. And 2020, if there's anything we know, it's just to hold on for the ride. Hold on tight. That's right. Hold on tight, for sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you being out. If you, if anyone wants to see about Kanapi beef or uh, is interested in learning more, be sure to check out kanapibeef.com. That's K-N-A-P-E beef.com or find them on uh, Instagram or Facebook. And we, one quick thing is we're also going to have a, a ranch day in the spring. So folks can come out and, you know, take a tour, look around, uh, you know, we'll do hay rides and kind of just do a big, big event out there. Man, that's that's all awesome. like fun. We'll make sure yeah. we're there for sure. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Thank you for tuning in. Creating Community is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to help us out, a review would be greatly appreciated and is honestly the best way to help the podcast be heard by others. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for Ryan for being here. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Dorian, Jake, appreciate it. So love what you guys are doing.